How's everybody doing? Y'all forgive us as we're getting set up. Um, it's not every day that we have five chairs on the uh, stage. If I can get past this chair, tied to wires. So that starts next week. Our Empowered series. Here, Paul, will you hold that? Thank you, sir. Our Empowered series starts next week. Uh, here's that. Geo. Geo here. Y'all can, you can share with Teresa. Uh, and so our Empowered series starts next week on Easter. We're going to start with the Resurrection Power of Jesus. So here is a panel. This is what we're going to call our faith panel. We have seen some of your questions, but we don't know which questions he's going to ask. Some of us have not seen any of your questions. Uh, we, we are your pastors. We'll give you our best answer. And if it's not good enough, email us and we'll answer it further. Uh, and if it's anything like last service, we'll say, please email me and I'll, I'll give you a better answer than that. So Ryan Friels is going to be our moderator. So I'll turn it over to him. Uh, and you know, if it's like last service, you're going to, you're going to yell at us and we'll just have fun with it. Right. That's right. All right. Uh, first I want to thank everyone who submitted a question. Uh, if your question does not get answered, do ask someone up here on the panel. Because um, we do have limited time, limited resources. Trust me, your question was important. It will be answered if you ask it again. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go around. I'm going to ask a pastor to answer a question. And that pastor will then have to answer the question. Then it will open up to whoever else wants to talk on it. Uh, so, Teresa... Starting on the left and working our way around. (laughs) Light her up. (laughs) Can women be pastors? Whoa. Yes, they can. Listen tomorrow on Ask a Pastor, right? That's right. (laughs) Well, I didn't realize I was setting you up for tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow on Ask a Pastor, we're answering this in length. So whoever asked this question, 10 to 11 on Facebook, catch it Facebook Live. Teresa's my guest. Go ahead and answer the question. Crossroads Radio. Crossroads Radio. Women can be pastors. Dot co. <laughs> Tune in app. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> Would you like to expand on? Well, there are a lot of a lot of women pastors and elders and deaconesses and prophetesses in the Bible. Um, Paul instructed. In I believe it was Acts. He said that sons and daughters would pros- prophesy. That's good. Um, in Corinthians, he talks about women being silent in the church. And I, if you study the history, that just shows that um, during that time, women were kind of disruptive in the church, and he, he asked them to be quiet for a while. So they were busybodies, I can't imagine. They were gossiping. Gossiping. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> and what we have to understand is, is we, we put our gender in a box. Gender is something that we, we define ourselves with, uh, and, and God is not concerned with those things, uh, all the time. In fact, when we get to heaven, you're not going to be a boy or girl. We're just going to be who we are. Uh, you know, we are going to be the spirit of what God has created us to be. And so, you know, it brings up the question of headship. And I, I think headship, as far as man is head over the wife, uh, applies to the home. We don't necessarily believe that it, that applies to the church. Uh, if you disagree, that's okay. Ask a pastor tomorrow, 10 to 11. Ask live, and we'd love to have you. You will? <laughs> Go ahead, Kayla. Okay. Uh, so rolling around to Paul. And this one I expect everyone to answer, but we're going to start with Paul. 
what one book other than the Bible has influenced you the most? Other than the Bible. Has Other than the Bible. Uh, are you giving me answers out there? Don't give me the answers. Should we there. be asking Rhonda what book is in yeah, your that's life? Yeah, probably. Because here's the deal. I'm not a big book reader other than the Bible. But uh, uh, <laughs> the National Electrical Code, that's the book. <laughs> That really gets wow. me. Wow. <laughs> I do have to go. <laughs> well, me personally, I like Harvey Pinnock, How to uh, Fix My Golf Swing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I mean, for, for me personally, um, I'm not much of a reader. I've already shared that with a lot of you guys. But when I do, I like to get deep into it with the uh, Pastor Dr. T.D. Jakes. <laughs> and and uh, just kind of broadened my horizons. I, listen, I, I, I like my music. I like to, to, to get different points of view from different preachers and different perspectives. And I think that's very important as us as Christians is that we don't just hear what Pastor Todd reads with, uh, with um, Chase the Lions, what's his name? Mark Batterson and stuff like that. But we have to be a little bit more open and... and, and and challenge yourself is what, what I say. When you're reading your books and you're going out there, challenge yourself. And actually, don't believe just because they said it that that's the truth. That's when you go back to the Bible and you actually confirm what you're reading. Because too many times we ca- get caught up in to what the right now is. And we want to read that book about right now. So, me personally, I'd like to just read different types. My my two favorite, one that shaped me the most personally, spiritually, I'd say is uh, Divine Mentor by Wayne Cordero. The second, I would say, that, that shaped me as a pastor was The Art of Storytelling. Uh, it, really, it really talks about how telling stories on purpose is how people learn. Uh, so, I love it. Go, Justin. Um, I, like Ethan, I'm not the best uh, reader, but when it comes to books, I think it's Know What You Believe. I think it's what you gave me. Yeah. I don't. I forgot who was by though. I don't remember what that is. I I know what you're talking about. I don't remember the author. It's a good one though. But it, it challenges what what we believe in. Um, it gets you in a more detail of. It's know what you believe in the follow-ups. Know why you believe. Yeah, it's uh, a really good book. Yeah. Very solid. <laughs> good ones. Geo. How to youth pastor. <laughs> oh. How to get lit. <laughs> yeah. <Pretty much>. <laughs> <laughs> lit fam. Right, like, right no. students, lit no. fam. <laughs> no, they don't use that. Not anymore. Adults, uh-uh. that doesn't mean what you think it means anymore, okay? I yeah, know you all no, were judging that's me. That's completely different. Um, does it? Yeah. It still does? Whatever. No. Answer uh-uh. your book. Go ahead. Uh-uh. It's going to be The Shack and uh, Heaven is for Real. It's one of the, the two uh, that I like the most. Oh, so the lovey-dovey feely books. Oh. Teresa. He does have feelings, Shayla. He does. Can you repeat the question? What's your favorite book? Okay. What book? Yes. Other than the Bible. I, okay, other than the Bible. I think the book that I'm reading right now has to do with my ministry, and that's um, how to start a nursing home ministry. I've learned quite a bit from it. So that would be my favorite book. Good answer. Very good. Um, All right. Ethan. Yes. Do you believe the Bible? as recorded in the original manuscripts, has errors in it. Ooh. 
Uh, yes. Yes. Because it's man-made, right? Okay. But I believe also that it's the, uh, God's placed certain people to basically put it this way. I'm going to put it in simple terms. I'm not going to try to get all preachy on you. It's simple as this, guys. We're men, right? All of us on the stage are men. And we've made, we've made our mistakes as we came up here and we've preached before you. And, and just like that in the Bible, it, it was also God ordained, but also put together by a bunch of men. So there is certain things that I believe that there may be off a little bit, but I believe that 100% everything comes to light for a reason. And we were talking about in the first service with the Bible coming true, no matter what today was, what tomorrow will be, and what, what, what yesterday was, okay? And so, yes, I believe that there was, there was probably some mistakes in there because you got to remember, guys, there's different interpretations going on in this thing, right? Because you have a couple different languages, and then on top of that, you also have people from different parts of the world, right? I, I speak New Yorkian, right? <laughs> All right, that's not good terminology. But I, but, but I have my terminology from New York, right? Where you guys from Texas have your own terminology. I like to drink a Coke because it's a Coke and not a Dr. Pepper, okay? It's and, wrong. But, but he's just saying that at the end of the day, guys, God's word is God's word. And his truth will always be true. So I believe 100% that it'll be true. Ryan, can I take a stab? Yeah, go for it. Uh, it I, I think what they were trying to get at with the original manuscripts was that the original manuscripts have no error. Now, there can be errors as we translate. The original, and I, I think that's what Ethan was getting at, the original manuscripts have no error because it comes straight from God. But as we, like Ethan was saying, as we translate, as we interpret, there, are, there can be errors uh, and so what's important is to go back to the original Greek, Hebrew, and some Aramaic uh, and go back to that to find the true meaning because there can be some error in our translation. There is no perfect English translation at all. Uh, there are some better than others, um, but if we're talking about the original manuscripts, which we don't have the original manuscripts, the latest ones we have are the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, as far as I know. And so those are, those are first century, I believe. Anybody else? Okay. Uh, so, Todd, knowing what you know now, what would you say to yourself when you first started ministry? Oh, man. Uh, something that's been said to me over and over by a mentor of mine, uh, people matter. People matter. Um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm a I'm very attached-driven person, uh, and, and I'm very about pushing this, the, the ministry of Jesus ahead. Uh, and remembering that people matter uh, and that, you know, just because something is not the way that I think it should be, uh, just remember that people matter. <laughs> Knowing what you now know now, what would you tell yourself at the beginning of your ministry? Um, I guess, to, I mean, I guess I have more confidence because once you start in the ministry, you, uh, you know, you're, everything and everyone in our eyes looks at you, and um, including the world in our eyes. And at least when I felt like when I started as a youth intern, I felt like everybody looked at me, and that was just who I was. And I felt like I had like the lowest confidence ever, especially if you knew who I was. <laughs> but I feel like the last couple of years, I feel like um, just God is. 
you know, he's placed us and where we're supposed to be. He's placed confidence, and at least I'm working on that. <laughs> it's a lot better than it was. Mine would be uh, just simply slow down and trust God more, you know, because we get so gung-ho, you know, when you start a ministry, you want to just jump in there and do everything. You know, it's kind of like uh, uh, something I've seen just right after uh, Billy Graham passed away. Uh, shows Billy Graham standing with God, and God looked at Billy Graham and said, when I told you to go to disciple the world, I didn't mean for you to do it all by yourself. You know, I mean, we got to learn to trust not only in ourselves and in God, but we got to learn to trust the other ones that God brings across our paths. I think in my case, since I really just got into the ministry not too long ago, would be what took me so long. Um, being in the nursing homes, I really see how it's such a need for people uh, there to be ministered to, and there's not a lot of willing people that that will do it. Um, just this week, I had two ladies ask me to start a Bible study with them, and so they're just really craving it, and so I wished I would have started sooner. Amen. So so for me, uh, it's, it's just staying true to yourself. From what the point that Jessica and I went to Bible school, now, one of the themes that God's always been telling me is keep it real and be true to yourself. And don't try to do it any way else. Like I said, I'd read with Pastor D.D. Jakes. Ah, but I can't preach like him, right? But just like I can't preach just like Paul or Todd or anybody else, I've got to be true to myself. Right. And it's the same way I live my life is that my life is lived a certain way. I'm going to fail, but you know what? I'm going to try to do it the best I can in God. And at the end of the day, I'm going to try to live my life as true as possible. You know, people call us fake as Christians, but I try to tell people this at work. I'm going to be as true as possible, okay? I, I'm not going to be fake. I'm going to be as real as possible with you. I'm going to fail you someday. But you know what? That's because I'm a man. And what God's told me is to stay true to yourself and know that if you have faith in me, I'll get you through anything. It's off. Okay. Um, for me, it would be um, be more get to their level as a uh, uh, to the students and um, stop trying to please them, but please me as a as a God and um, you know just be more more their friends instead of being someone who's trying to put rules. Just be like you know so I can bring them closer to to God. All right, Justin. Why can't men have multiple wives today when God seemed to allow it in the days of Abraham, David, and Solomon? Yes. <laughs> the second question that he didn't want. <laughs> Answer now. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> Why can't men have multiple wives today when God seemed to permit it in the days of Abraham, David, and Solomon? You may take this one. Yeah. We can only handle one. <laughs> Amen. What more do you need? I like that better. To to quote one of my to quote one of my favorite professors ever, Dr. John Wyckoff, uh, an argument can be made that by the Bible is that it permits polygamy. But you can see with God's leaders that he, he asked for them only to have one wife. So if God's asking his leaders to only have one wife, don't you think that might be a good idea for the rest of us? Uh, because if you're truly connected 
body and soul, it's hard to be connected to multiple people. Does that make sense? When God says to be equally yoked, he's talking about two ox. He's not talking about three or four. Uh, and so that's what I would point back to. You know, the argument could be made, yes, but traditionally. And the Bible also tells us to obey the law of the land. Last time I checked, it's still only legal to marry one person in Texas. So we have to obey the law of the land. Good answer. <laughs> All right. Just it again. <laughs> Geo. Oh. We're now on you. What is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? And how is that dis- different from blasphemy against the Son of Man? <laughs> Give him a chance, Todd. I don't know this one either. <laughs> <laughs> Good question, okay? I think the, how I would categorize it is, is is blasphemy is going against or claiming that God is not real. Um, so I would say blasphemy of the Holy Spirit from a black and white standpoint. Now, this is, this is my opinion. This is not a scholarly answer by any stretch of the imagination would be that us denying the works of the Holy Spirit to be true. Um, because if we know that the, the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives and us denying that it's true or denying that it can happen, uh, that's blasphemy. And it's actually the only sin that says it'll send us to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something to be very careful of. Just like denying God. So, it, it, yeah, you just yeah. said it right, the whole right. thing. Good so. job. All right, thank you. <laughs> anybody, anybody else want to take a shot at that? <laughs> Next question. <Okay. laughs> So Whoever Teresa. answered that, good ask. Good on so, you. Teresa, can brain damage make me lose my salvation? This includes dementia and other mental illness. Good question. Good question. I don't know a biblical answer for that, but I would say no, because I think at that point you kind of, it's that accountability thing. Um, Tell them what we see in the people that have dementia. Yeah, you know, working with people that are in a memory care unit, like I said a couple of weeks ago, um, a person may not even may not even remember who they are, where they're at, their family. But it just seems like when we start talking about Jesus, it truly brings life into them. I, I've seen it over and over and over again where it just speaks to them. And <sighs> She's going to start crying. I'm not. I'm good. Get her some tissues. <laughs> she's not preaching if she's not crying. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. No, you're not. <laughs> It's just really, it's really something to see. It's knows, I, <laughs> good job, Ken. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's really neat to see. But I, I think the answer to that question is, if somebody has a, a mental illness, a, a brain damage, um, a handicap of any kind that keeps them from 
either remembering that they they got saved or even prevents them from becoming saved. I think there's that accountability thing. I just I think that I think they're good. What she said. What she said. Yeah, yeah. you can't match that. That's good. So Paul, can the devil be forgiven? Can the devil be forgiven? Can the devil be forgiven? Wow, I'm glad you got oh, that. Oh, wow. <sighs> My answer is no. My answer is no because uh, the devil was created as an angel, and angels was not given free will. The only ones that was given free will, would be, it was God's creation of the humans. So for us to be able to say whether or not we accept God or deny God, uh, the Angels do not have that same feature. Good answer. Good answer. So we're done with now. We're yeah. done, right? Next. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Can Judas be forgiven? Actually, we were talking about that just yesterday in a, in a Bible study that we went to. Um, and actually, what what we were talking about was right before he had killed himself is that we believe a hundred percent that he actually asked for forgiveness because he not just turned back in the money, but he also felt guilty for what he had done. You know, I, I'm not a predestination kind of person. I believe that he made the choice that he made. Uh, if the, if he didn't, he, if he wasn't one to make that choice, somebody else would have made that choice because Jesus was going to die on the cross for you and I no matter what. So in saying that, I believe 100% that that he went before he killed himself, and I know that probably opens up another book, but I believe 100% that he asked God to forgive him, but he couldn't live anymore in that. So I believe, I believe yes, God could forgive him. Very good. So we have, I think, time for, for one last question. Uh, so Todd, this is your question. Okay. If Jesus paid the debt for all sin, what is salvation? That's good. I mean, salvation is placing our lives in God's hands. You know, ultimately, we we believe that Jesus went to the cross to die for all of our sins. You know, we talked about with communion, the broken body, the shed blood. Jesus ultimately went to Calvary to die for each and every one of our sins, but we have to place our lives in his hands. It's not enough just to come to church. It's not enough just to pray. It's not enough just to be a good person. We have to accept the free gift of salvation. And so what we have to understand is, is we have to allow God, you know, you'll hear me say a lot, you, you have to allow God to be the Lord of your life. What it means to be the Lord of your life is that you are no longer in charge of your life. God is in charge of your life. And I'm here to tell you, if you have truly accepted Christ, something is going to change in you. You're not going to be the same person that you were before. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, hmm, who is this person that came in here? And it's not the same person I used to know. And so my challenge for you today would be this. Just place your life in his hands. And you have to do that because if you don't, you know, the Bible tells us that, that in the end, many will, 
Many will say, Lord, Lord, but I will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. I think there's going to be a lot of people that made church every Sunday that aren't going to be in heaven. Because they never truly gave their life over to Christ. So we talked about how we're going to land this plane, you know, how we're going to land this discussion, you know, because this is something that we've, we've never done before. Uh, I'm going to have the band go ahead and come back, and I'm going to step up here so we can get everything out of the way. And what I'm going to, my challenge for you this morning is this. Have you placed your full trust in God? Have you given God the full control of your life? If your answer is no, then I would suggest to you maybe, maybe today is your day. If your answer is I did it one time, but I'm in control of my life today, I would challenge you, you can place your trust in him in multiple times. doesn't have to be just one time. Now, the, the first time is when we believe salvation happens, but Sometimes we need to reevaluate our life. Sometimes we need to go, you know, God, I've been doing things my way and I need to stop being foolish and I need to put my trust in you. So my challenge for you today is we are here in Easter week. And I know the big thing is to get a lot of people saved on Easter, but you know what? Today may be your day. Palm Sunday is a day that not a lot of people get saved because we're too focused on Easter. And so maybe today is the day that you need to actually place your trust in God for the very first time. Not just that you're a good person, but that you actually trust him to be the Lord of your life. So in just a minute, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you through a prayer. I'm going to lead you through a prayer that if you want to accept Christ, this is kind of a model prayer. Now this prayer doesn't save you. There's nothing magical about this prayer. What saves you is your commitment, your trust that you place in his hands. So I want to challenge you this morning. If you pray this prayer with me, I want you to tell one of our pastors, one of our prayer partners are going to be there in the back. There are going to be two here at front. But everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. And if you want to say this prayer, just say it to yourself. You don't have to say it out loud can say it within your head. You know, we can hear our thoughts. And I just want you to pray along with me. Say, dear Jesus, I need you today. I am a sinner. I am not perfect. And I place my trust in your hands. You are my rock. You are my salvation. And from this day forward, I place my life in your forgive me cleanse me and use me as your vessel in Jesus name we pray